welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues and the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our crew to you uh, this evening. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, um, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler, and also um, a new addition to the show, yes, Freshly out of retirement, we have Lieutenant Bob Kroll all the way from Minneapolis. So uh, retired Lieutenant, Minneapolis PD. Now, unless I'm wrong, Lieutenant, I believe it was 32 years with Minneapolis and 25 years with the union. You served as a union president when you left and you retired uh, in January of last year. So it's been about a year and a half. So uh, um, w- welcome uh, welcome back, Lieutenant. And, Thank uh, you, welcome- that's all correct, Jim. All right, excellent. So I, 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 I did my. I still have a little bit of detective in, in me. So uh, we have uh, Captain. I see you, Captain Brett Bartlett, my former partner. Thank God. Now you're shaking your head, no. So we got Captain Brett Bartlett on the show. Uh, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrew Casal, Producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Uh, also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, MyMedicare.Live, GunLearn.com, Tac-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make the show happen. Let's see, we've got another video coming up. Uh, it's on This Is Butter again. Fairfield Police Department releases body camera footage of an officer involved shooting. Drop it! Drop the gun! Drop it now! Drop the gun! It appears he has a gun in his hand. Come on! Drop it! So uh, they released the body cam of this incident where an officer shot a man who pointed a gun at him. It happened on June the 7th. Now, in the video, officers are seen. They're asking a guy to drop his weapon, but he refuses. The guy gets into a shooting stance, points the weapon at the officers who, in response, fire several rounds um, uh, from his handgun, striking the man. So the officer in the video was identified as Officer Robert Nick Davis. The man on the roadway was 36-year-old Rodolfo Molino Hernandez. So... Um, you know, a pretty straightforward shoot, uh, but someone, some people might be uncomfortable with how long they gave the bad guy with the gun in his possession uh, before shots are fired. What do you think, uh, Corporal David? Um, you know, I, I was, I was, I was pleased with the way it was going right up until the 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 police officer decided it was a smart thing to reach up and talk on the radio after this guy had his gun out, and I'm looking at this going, what, what in God's name are you thinking, young man? I mean, you you confront this person in the street, and the cop at first is like, hey, man, you know, just come over here. Everything's okay. No problem. He, the, the bad guy starts making the furtive movements. He turns. He conceals his hands. He comes out with the gun. The cop immediately transitions from nice guy to don't do it. Drop the gun. Drop the gun. Drop the gun. The guy stands, doesn't move, and then the cop decides, oh, this is a good time to talk on the radio. Takes takes his, his supporting hand off his weapon, goes to his radio. You can see him. You can hear him key the mic. He thinks about it for a second. He says, oh, I got one at gunpoint. Yeah. Then he goes back. Thank God. Bad guys oftentimes are stupid because that cop was a dead man. If that bad guy had realized and we I've talked about this before, the OODA loop, if he had realized, oh, he's out of it and he would have been shot that quickly with his hand on his radio, um, unable to respond. And then he transitions back and the guy moves and he shoots him. I'm sitting there. I, that was just the moment I went, no, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I mean, how many videos, when was the last time you saw a video where the officer did not have the need to jump on the radio during a critical incident like that? 
Uh, it's, it's ridiculous, Jim. We saw a video a few weeks ago. An officer had something. I think it was the one where the guy stepped out with an axe. Remember, he came at the officer with the axe. Remember, uh, a week or two weeks ago. Did you see in that video the the officer had a piece of paper, maybe a ticket, in his left hand, and it would not leave his hand. It wouldn't leave his hand. He, it just couldn't get rid of it. Finally, it got out of his hand. But you know, when you've got that radio in your hand and you're clenching your gun, you can't. It's not going to work. There's a time to act. There's a time to talk. You know, I bet you more cops are already on the way. He was going to get help. They were already hauling butt to the scene. There's a time to talk, and it is not while there's a gun pointed at you. All right. All right. Good, good, uh, good content, guys. Moving along, let's see our next one. Uh, we got a another main story. It's uh, getting to the root of officer performance issues. So what if training is not the answer? There's three questions to find out, according to the article. You know, a lot of what we cover um, when we're talking about possible officer discipline, at least in my opinion, I always talk about officer training. A lot of things are training issues that I don't think the officer uh, should necessarily be held responsible for if his agency either trained him the wrong way or did not provide the training that he needed for that situation. Uh, and it has really nothing to do with my last six years with the department were with the police union. I know, uh, you know, Lieutenant Kroll has got 25 years with the union, but it, it, it just, it, it made me maybe realize this a lot more, how, how important training is, but training is certainly not equal. Just like officers and we're not all equal training is certainly certainly not equal across the board across the united states so um the article says according to ben smith our author an officer fails to properly handcuff a suspect another officer pats down a suspect without legal justification a third officer leaves essential information out of a report when officers actions fall short of agency expectations Consequences may include internal affairs investigations, lawsuits, uh, lost court cases, damaged reputations, or inefficiency within the agency. Often the solution to such performance issues includes remedial training, but is that always the best response? And, and that's a question. So while knowledge and technical skill are necessary prerequisites, pre excuse me, prerequisites for effective performance, studies have found that up to 90% of employee behavior can be attributed to what is learned outside of the formal training environment. And if these factors go unaddressed, even well-trained officers may act in a manner that's inconsistent with their training. He, he, he says that what accounts for 90% of the employee performance that is not attributable to formal training, it's uh, peer influence, supervisory guidance, agency culture, written directives, and the officer's own experiences, they can all heavily influence uh, the officer's performance. So the three questions that this guy thinks that we need to ask are, where else does this performance issue exist? So despite the best training, contradictory behavioral examples by peers or supervisors are likely to influence the officer's actions more heavily uh, than what they learned in training. And the second question is, is what happens when the officer engages in this behavior? And he says that some research suggests that even that, that more than two-thirds of employee behavior can be attributed to on-the-job experience. And then lastly, the third question, what agency documentation, like policies, procedures, supports the officer's actions? And he says that leaders who use policies only to point out behavioral inconsistencies, they risk missing ways that policies and other documents could have legitimately guided an officer into poor performance. So um, he's got some different angles I don't think we've considered before. What do you think, Captain? First off, training is wonderful. We never get enough of it. Um, here, here's a bigger thing. Testing of the training. And Bob, you were in the union all those years. Chip, were you, you too. If I had an officer who was about to get rode up, my first response is, let me see their training records. 
if they violated a policy LSA handcuffing, because you mentioned that, okay? Well, how, how do you know? How do you know he's trying? Oh, he went to the class. How do you know he went to the class? He's on the roster. Does that mean he learned the technique? Well, no. Was he tested on the technique? No, it was a lecture. We showed, we demonstrated, we did some things. But really, so you can't prove that my officer learned what you were teaching. So this, this, is, this is where the next wave of lawsuits is coming from. And I'm surprised that more people haven't picked up on this, whether it's somebody suing the department or it's an officer undergoing discipline. Show me the training records. Prove to me that my officer or my client or my member learned this because you tested him on this. If you didn't test him, you can't prove he learned it. Sitting in a class with your name on a roster proves absolutely nothing. It proves absolutely nothing. Um, now, here's another thing, and here's here's the biggest beef I got when I was in training. Why are you teaching us this year, but you didn't teach us last year, and you're not going to teach us the same thing next year? Huh. Right? It, it's always uh, the flavor of the month, the flavor. If it's important now, they should break police work down into its very constituent levels and, and do the task analysis. What does a policeman do? Let's train the task and not, and not just the flavor of the year. Because then if you don't do that every year, if you don't reinforce what they're supposed to do, then you get the outside influence and you get the informal training, then you get all that street knowledge. Okay. But I'm 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 telling you, if 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 I had if I was on the union and my client my client was getting disciplined for let's say a police chase improper, well, how do you know he learned it? Well, he went to the class, he saw a video, which tells us what? Tells us absolutely nothing. If it's important enough to teach, it's important enough to test. If it's not important enough to test, then don't teach it. You know, Brett, Brett, you're so right. As a trainer, which I was a trainer for decades uh, also, and, and some high liability stuff, but you're right. There's a huge difference between training and then testing uh, the training. I mean, you know, how, how else do you know how effective it's going to be unless you're, you know, you're behind the, you know, the, the yeah. desk, you know, let, dealing let with the you, Let me tell you, Chief, you know, our chip, I, I teach uh, instructor techniques still, and, and sometimes I ask my students to bring me a syllabus, a lesson plan from their agency. Right. And, and it's all. And by the time the week's over, they're looking at this going, holy crap. This is this is this is awful. This is awful. Because here's what it is. Here. Here is the life. Here's the, the lifestyle. The chief says, hey, uh, this week is going to be stone. Don't stand in front of the car. I need you to knock me out a lesson plan. Knock it out. Really? Well, chief, I need two weeks. I got to do research. Just, now, you know what? Knock it out. Write me up a, a lesson plan. And then you write this crappy lesson plan and you give it to the chief and nothing bad happens. Now, what does that tell you for the next lesson plan? I don't really have to work that hard. I just got to knock it out, knock it out. Give me something. Give me something on paper. And it's garbage. Well, all good points. You know, we got about 20 seconds before the end of the show, guys. Uh, any other comments on this uh, on this area? I know uh, training is so important, but it affects us all over the place. So. You know, uh, nobody, huh? Okay. Well, uh, Brett, you brought it, you brought, you made me uh, reflect back on a lot of the issues. And of course, you know, when we do physical fitness testing, you know, but yeah, we, but that's it. But of course, driving with Tampa was what every three years. So um, good commentary yeah. guys, uh, some hard topics. Did you want to say one more thing, Brett? Yeah, just one thing. Let's say, let's say you, uh, an officer gets into a bad pursuit and wrecks and does something wrong. You know, my first thing, if, if I'm representing that guy at the city, when was the last time he was trained on? Oh, we had that every three years. So the thing that causes us the second amount of liability, other than shootings, we're training them only three years, once every three years. Show me the training records. All good.
Thanks, guys, uh, for being on the show. Lieutenant Bob Kroll, I hope you had a, a good, you did excellent. I hope you had a, a good time and uh, looking forward to having you back. Um, Thank you for having me. I did have a great time. A, a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live, TAC-Tote.com, and also being fueled by Bang Energy. Uh, look, thanks to all those entities. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.